0: One morning, I walked into a church, but it wasn't on a Sunday. I looked around, and I saw the empty seats, the sun glistening through the dust in the air. At first, I was distraught at the sight of the empty chairs. But then, I was filled with joy. I realized that the people who were once in those chairs were now outside of the building. Working at their jobs, serving in their communities, laughing with their co-workers and growing with their families. They had the opportunity to be the church, not just sit in it. When will we be like them? When will we see the opportunity given to us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, bringing hope into the world? stained glass can't pray for the sick these walls can't preach the gospel but you can the building you're sitting in is just a building but if you trust in Jesus then you are the church
1: I'm glad that you're seated here today, but our goal is not to be seated. Our goal is to be active, to be the hands and the presence of Jesus in our world. The church is a living and dynamic beast, at least it should be. It shouldn't be the casual, calm, placid, layback, yeah, we got the worship songs done, now Pastor Carrie's going to speak a little bit, I guess we're going to have a little bit of a luncheon after the noon we go home watch some of those football games no i am mindful that every seven days we gather as the church but to be the church in the world and you have to excuse me a little bit today i got a few things going on i got some uh head cold and and some uh sinus stuff going on but you got to remember this is my first sunday for 2023 in front of us because i've been gone the first two sundays And so you may have already launched into your 2023 year, but I'm ready to fire us up and get at it, because this is the year the Lord's given us, and we do not know the Lord may return this year. And so we have reason to be the church, not just sit in a church. And so that's my hope and my goal today is to encourage us all, not to uh, whip us or berate us, but to inspire us. Behind you stands something that God has brought to our church for this year. It's called the Plan A Conference. And this Plan A Conference is front and center about enabling you to be the church in the world of Jesus Christ. The Plan A Conference is uh, going to be held right here. This conference is going to equip you and empower you to be the presence of Jesus in your work world, in your school world. In your social arenas, the Plan A conference has to do with this whole idea that from the very beginning, God's design and His plan was for you to be the presence of Him in our world. You are the presence of Jesus Christ as a follower of Christ in the world. That's God's Plan A, and there is no plan B. So how you doing with that? Are you leaning into it? Are you horsepowering up to be God's plan A for someone else in their life? I got this week. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if there's not enough people in this valley or there's too much crime or something, but I got a citation for jury duty again this week. How many of you get those? I got to show up for jury duty. Well, I just did this, I thought, and actually got selected for jury duty a few, a couple, three years ago whatever. And I thought once I served and spent the whole week trying to make decisions with the rest of the jurors, that I'd be good to go. There it is. I got to show up January 31. I hope they don't pick me. But then I had to pause and realize that the last time I was picked, and I was picked to be on jury duty, There was a man that was a part of that jury that we built a relationship with, and he came to know Jesus Christ because I met him on jury duty. You're plan A. I'm plan A for God to reach people. I got a text from that gentleman this week. He said he was in town. He said, sorry, I couldn't stop by to see you because he moved to Houston. He was baptized right up here. Some of you know him as Cameron. And I said to myself, I can't complain. There may be another Cameron I'm supposed to meet at Jerry duty, because I'm God's plan A. I want you to be a part of this weekend that's coming up in March, and this weekend in March is going to be play, uh, put on by um, Forge Ministries. Forge Ministries is um, a ministry that's based down in Denver, Colorado, but Forge was started by my old youth pastor. And God has extremely blessed his life over 35 years, and he's mobilized all kinds of itinerant evangelists and speakers. They have young adult training programs. In fact, uh, I was mindful of my own son having grown up and had the opportunity to be a part of Ford. Some of you know about Deep Camp we spoke of last week. This is the ministry, and they're bringing several itinerant speakers here to our church for Southern California for this conference on those dates right there, March 17th and 18th. And what I want you to do, you're going to, Really feel like pastors asking an awful lot this morning. By the time I get done, and I am, I want you to take out that connection card. I want you to write on the back of it Plan A if you have the intent or the ability to come. I would like to fill up this room around round tables with about a hundred people. Dwight Robertson, who leads Forge Ministry, actually the weekend before I sit on the board, actually chair the board, and I realized this last week that he's going to be coming in his schedule from the Billy Graham. Uh, weekend right before that where he's helping train people in the Billy Graham Association uh, for evangelism and outreach and he's got some others that are coming with him as I mentioned and uh, you're going to not want to miss that weekend so write plan a on the back move your schedule I'm just telling you I don't say this too often move your schedule say no to that person that's on there and say we'll reschedule another day and schedule that weekend You are going to be inspired. You're going to be encouraged. And as it says up here, it's a one and a half day conference equipping you for 24-7, every day, everywhere, kingdom impact, as unique as you are. Why? Because the church isn't coming and sitting in a seat. The church is the body of Christ being mobilized to be his presence in our world. And if you're not dialed into that purpose, then you're not just missing out, you're never ever going to be fulfilled. And so we've been given another year, 2023, 20, if the Lord tarries to be about his kingdom work. How many have been doing with the uh, the rain, everything good? I came back, I was gone for a couple weeks and it all turned green here. I like that. Maybe, and when I see some of the hills out back of our house, I can sort of think that maybe I'm in Ireland when it turns green. Uh, but that's for about a few weeks every year is all. But uh, the weather uh, has been very rainy. And uh, so there's snow in the mountains and there's lushness in the valleys. And we have stepped into this year. I have been back in the Midwest for the last uh, two weeks. Actually, a week ago today, I was on a plane flying back here. And uh, we went back for a couple weddings, and uh, the weddings had to uh, do one with my family, the youngest niece, and and we got her married off, and it was a pretty big deal, and uh, that was in Indiana. And then we drove several hours to eastern Tennessee. How many of you have been to Tennessee? There's people from California moving to Tennessee. I've never quite fully understood that. We've had people from this congregation move to Tennessee, but this is like Eastern Tennessee. This is way out there. And uh, we went to Johnson City and uh, we had the opportunity for a second wedding there that I officiated at with some of our very, very close friends that we've journeyed with through the years. I actually felt bad at the wedding because I almost lost it when the bride walked down the aisle because I think of her as my own daughter in one sense. It was Lexi. and her husband now is Eric, and as she was walking, I started to tear up and I go, hold it together, Bowman, hold it together. You can't break down as the efficient, right? But I was thinking of her when she uh, was jumping off the pontoon boat with my kids when they were real little, and it was just beautiful to see how God had worked in her life and the guy that uh, God brought into her life, and to be able to stand in front of them and officiate that incredible wedding. And then I drove through the hills and the hollers, Melissa on. And uh, Levi and Grace and I trying to get our way to Charlotte to be able to fly back. And thankfully, of the 20 deer that we saw in the mountains on this windy road, we didn't get hit by any one of them uh, because sometimes they like to do that. You guys probably don't have any experience about that, but when you're back around wooded areas, I think the deer wait until you come down the road and then they appear and they just jump in front of you, right? In fact, Zach got hit by a deer when he was coming back from there. Anyway... Beautiful, beautiful two weeks. Because some of you ask me, how have you been doing? haven't seen you for a while. I had a beautiful two weeks. High energy. A lot of activity. But I come back knowing that we're gathered here for something as important as a wedding. Because we are preparing ourselves to be the bride of Jesus Christ. And there is a great wedding coming someday when Jesus returns and he gathers his bride from every language, tribe and nation, all generations. And we, the church of Jesus Christ, are the bride of Christ. And so are we getting ourselves prepared for that day? We don't come and sit in a church. We are the church. The church is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And there's this epic story that God's unraveling through the years for us. And you and I are part of it if we choose to be a follower of Jesus. My niece's wedding was a pretty big deal. Uh, It's a big deal because, uh, well, she's like the youngest niece, except for my daughter. And uh, it was a big deal because we got 100% of our family there for the wedding. In my household, with my mom and dad, there were five of us siblings. Mom and dad have gone on to be with Jesus. Us five siblings, we obeyed that command to uh, multiply and produce. And there are 18 grandkids or 18 cousins. Those cousins have married and now the next generation is coming along. In fact, there were two new little babies that I met this last uh, couple of weeks ago that were born in December. This here is a representation of 100% of everybody that was able to come together for the wedding. Ashley and Austin, they did it up pretty big. But we were all pretty excited about getting this picture put together. Now, this picture represents the Bowman family. The Bowman family and uh, surrounded around, uh, that's my sister Joy there in the middle with her daughter next to her, Ashley. And this picture, even as we were taking it, I was thinking about how are they going to do that picture in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb? We all got to get in it. Somehow there's going to be some incredible picture. And at the center of it is Jesus Christ and gathered around him as his bride. People from all over the world through all generations who have been followers of him. And we will be ushered into eternity as the bride of Christ, as his church. Not to sit around on a cloud and play a harp, wherever those images came from. But we are called to be co-heirs with Christ, co-rulers with Christ. He has plans for us. Scriptures teach about us being able to uh, rule over areas, to be able to even uh, judge angels. It's some incredible stuff of what stands before us in the life after this life. But this life here is preparation and labor for that life which is to come. And so as you resync your calendars, not just for a plan A conference, but to be able to engage with other people, to be able to be here for worship, to be able to um, support those who are needy, whatever it may be, you are realigning your life in anticipation of what's coming. Because what's coming in the future on the other side of this life is actually just a continuation of this life. Praise God we get new bodies that don't get head colds. Or have cancer or brokenness. We're clothed with immortality as we step from this life into the next. But Jesus is calling out his church today and he will live with that church eternally. And you and I will be there in his presence if, if we've chosen in this life to follow Jesus. If you've chosen in this life to be indifferent to God or double-minded about Jesus, cynical maybe, pursuing other kinds of God's, then you won't be there. Because heaven is only heaven with those who want to be there. And if you don't want to be with Jesus, then you don't want to be in heaven. Because the eternal realm has to do with Jesus and his bride and bringing glory to God. In fact, I don't know if you know the passage in Revelation, but I want us to, to go there and I want us to look at it. The passage in Revelation uh, describes this vision of John, and he's seeing these different things, and he's recording it down for churches of like ours of all time. And he says this in Revelation 19. You got your scriptures, you got your electronic devices, you can turn there and you can walk along with me with this. It says this in Revelation 19. Then, then I heard what sounded like a great. Multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting. Now, let's stop right there. Can you comprehend this particular vision of what's going on? It isn't some small little deal. It's not some little, you know, storefront kind of wedding. This is a big deal, and he hears a great multitude, almost like it's the roaring of rushing waters. And with all of our rains, we've actually experienced a little bit of some rushing of waters around here in SoCal this last couple of weeks. And like the peals of loud thunder, that vision is not make believe. That vision is not a wish. That vision is something you and I will experience as followers of Lord Jesus Christ. It stands before you, the culmination. The culmination of history. And John records the vision as he steps into it. And what were they shouting? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, which is probably good because, you know, hallelujah is the only word that I know of that's the same in all languages. And so there's this declaration, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty, he reigns. No, there's no other dictator that makes it to heaven to reign. There is no other popular celebrity that is reigning or professional sports figure that is reigning. It's the Lord our God Almighty that reigns. So let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. You know, I found it interesting this morning with some of the challenges of worship because, you know, all of us come in, it was a little damp, it was a little dreary, right? And worship team, some challenges on that front. We prayed through that and restarted something, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's not about a production. But there is this wake-up call to us every week that we come that we need to choose to give God the glory for the Lord God Almighty reigns. His amazing grace. And we have to remind ourselves as the church, not only in this moment, but what our eternity is. And so here this large multitude, masses and masses of people like roaring, rushing waters and sounds of thunder. And they're declaring praise and worship and glory. This is our destiny for the wedding of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. You know, here's the interesting thing. You and I have no reason to be in this wedding. Because we have nothing to wear. Because we have no righteousness of our own. But we, if we choose to follow Jesus, his righteousness, his perfection, his uprightness is applied to us as a garment. And basically the church in this generation is saying yes to the dress. We're saying we want to wear his righteousness. Jesus, come into my life. Be my righteousness. And so we are clothed with linen, bright and clean That's been given to us to wear. And it stands for the righteous acts of God's people. The righteousness of God and us living that righteousness out as being the church in our world today in 2023. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added these are the true words of God. You know, in the old days, you just used to send a wedding invitation, try to get a few of them out, right? And a few months in advance. Today, it's different. You do a save the date kind of thing first, right? You save the date. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to save the date. Like, I want you to save the date for the Plan A Conference, March 17 and 18, right? And so you get the save the date thing, and then a little bit later, you get the wedding invitation. And this scripture applies so practically to us as a wake-up call. And whether it's the save the date or the wedding invitation itself, you are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I hope you all come. A hundred percent in the picture. From this room today but you know it's sobering to me as a pastor and I know I'm just a servant of Jesus it's probably out of a hundred percent of the people in this room there'll at least be one or two that don't make it to the marriage supper of the lamb and I don't want that to be because you didn't know there wasn't an invitation given to you You can surrender your life and turn to follow Jesus. You may not have all the answers. You may have questions concerning the faith. That's fine. You don't have to check your brain to follow Jesus Christ, to believe in God. But I tell you what, there comes places and times where our faith, it's not irrational, but it's super rational. It goes beyond just reason. And I want you to not be inhibited from accepting the invitation and showing up For the picture but it's not just the picture it's all of eternity and your destiny so it's a bold statement for me to ask you this this morning but do you know him are you a believer and a follower of jesus christ if you're on a journey and seeking out answers and trying to wrestle with where god is supposed to be in your life then that's great be on that journey this is a safe place to hear the dangerous and awesome transforming message of the gospel of God's grace. So there's no pressure, but I just have to ask, are you going to respond to the invitation? Because the invitation is here today. Follow Jesus. Become a part of his bride, his church. There is no other plan that God has for your life than to be with him through eternity. John closes this particular part out. He says, At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant, and you with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. This is the one who brought him the vision, the angel. And then the exhortation was just simply worship God. For it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. The other cousins in that wedding picture, most of those I stood before them as officiants as uncle marrying them i'm mindful that they're all seated there and it was in a it was in a beautiful church actually in my home small town of Wabash, indiana a lot of renovations going on there for a small town and and they have some beautiful accommodations but this church i walked into was a methodist church it had been renovated i'd driven by it my whole life growing up but i walked into it and and uh it was just I don't know, it had the traditional stuff, had a balcony to it, had a big dome area, and uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful setting. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is a rehearsal. What am I going to say that's going to be different than all the other wedding messages I've given for my uh, nieces and nephews? I can't use some of the same stories, so they'll say something like, oh yeah, he used that one at mine, he really ought to get some new stuff But at the rehearsal I looked up and in the dome of this church this Methodist church they had four corners to the dome and it said St. Matthew St. Mark St. Luke and St. John Do you know those people? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John They're the writers of the four gospels in scripture the four stories of the life of Jesus that give us the good news that Jesus Christ he took upon himself the burden for our sins I want to thank Trey and and Zach for speaking the last couple of weeks but all I know is when I watch Zach online I'm glad that I'm not carrying a bunch of chains up here today <laughs> right the Lord's work on the cross and the power of his resurrection helps bring about the forgiveness of our sins he paid the penalty for our sin but he also breaks the power of sin and that was so clearly illustrated last week if you were here but matthew mark luke and john i was sitting there during rehearsal i go wow they're looking down giving witness they're giving witness on this wedding That's going to occur. They're giving witness. And and what would they say if they stood up in front of my niece and and her fiance? What should the wedding be like for them? Not just the wedding, but what? The marriage, right? You're preparing for the marriage. What should I say? Well, God brought together some thoughts as I was wrestling with them. and, And I had one exhortation. And that exhortation was this. Live a marriage that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. Live a marriage that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, if our destiny is to be with Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb and be united with Him, then God intended for our marriages in this life to reflect that day, that wedding, that marriage, So may our lives today, our marriages, preach the gospel. And what's the gospel? The gospel is God's good news. That there is forgiveness. That there is grace. That there is freedom. That there is hope in Jesus Christ. And so in our marriages, we need to be a living illustration of God's grace, forgiveness, freedom, joy, patience, you name it, in the gospel of Jesus Christ is embedded the good news. Now, at first glance, you think Liv and Mary's that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's like, that's a lot to measure up to, right? No, the gospel of Jesus isn't about works, it's about God's grace, and so if you're going to have a marriage that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not about a bunch of works. It's about love, unconditional love and grace. Doesn't mean there aren't tough times that you don't work through them. And I'm not going to you know, unpack a lot of my thoughts that go with this whole thing today. But I want you to know that we are in our marriages for this year called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that gospel of Jesus Christ is unpacked in so many different ways. So when people look at you, they go, what's their marriage about? It's about a bunch of self-centeredness and self-righteousness and about uh, growth trajectories and even their family and that kind of stuff. But do they look at your marriage and my marriage and go, wow, there's God's grace. Two couples interacting, relating, living with one another, warts and all, by God's power and his grace. Our marriages need to preach. Our marriages need to be the church out amongst people. How many broken marriages? Many of you have had broken marriages in here and God's healed them or maybe you're on a pathway of healing or maybe you're uh, concerned about what needs to happen if it's a broken kind of marriage. God wants our marriages to preach. And sometimes that brokenness goes to a place that can't be mended in many ways because it's two people. But as far as it depends on you live a marriage that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and that gospel then throughout scripture gives us exhortation of what we do when we are clothed with his righteousness it says this in colossians 3:12 through 19 therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourself with compassion kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another as surely as Christ has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to be peaceful and be thankful too. Let the word of Christ, the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for His glory. And wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Oh. Oh. Well, just stop right there. That passage gives us exhortation how to be the gospel to one another in our marriages. And I find it interesting as we think in terms of clothing ourselves, how we need to clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility. We need to have patience. We need to bear with one another, forgive one another. We are clothing ourselves With the righteousness of Christ to do what He has done for us and what we will know through all eternity as being a part of that beautiful marriage. We are to, what? Let the peace of God guide, the Word of God dwell in us richly. There's all kinds of instructions for us as we're married to the bride of Christ, but then it's to be reflected in our marriage one with another. one another 59 times the bible says one another love one another encourage one another forgive one another do not judge one another the marriage what is a practicing grounds for the one another's. if you want to see your faults emerge in life get married (laughs) because they'll merge real quick and your spouse will tell you real quick it's like an incubator right like, oh my goodness, things are growing here. I never thought of it. it. But our marriages are not perfect. We're broken, fallen people understand that. But then if we're married to Christ and our marriages are supposed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we need to reflect in our marriages that which is true of our relationship with God and will be true of us for eternity. Practicing all the one another's. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it to the Lord. Oh, and there's, there's that phrase, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. I use that in both my messages this last two weekends, and there's a lot of people that wouldn't do that, because that's not cool. Isn't that some archaic thing of bygone days about male dominance, and that's, no, it's the gospel, and it's not just wives, it says submit yourselves to one another in Ephesians 5, that the husband's to love the wife as Christ loved the church, which he laid down his life for the church, the body, the community, the 100% in the picture. And the wife is supposed to honor and respect her husband. Those commandments about our marriage are reflective of the gospel. What did Jesus do? He submitted himself to the Father's will. He laid down his life for your life and mine. He was perfect. He was sinless. We were the sinful. And he chose to give up his life for us. And so, as we live these marriages here on this earth, oh, may it preach! Let it preach! Let it preach! Because our world needs the gospel and they need living illustrations of it. But this aspect of living our marriages, to let them preach the gospel. That's what I spoke on the last two Sundays, or the last two weekends. This weekend, though, there's a conviction concerning us as the church, as the bride of Christ, as those who are preparing ourselves, clothed with fine linens, preparing for that future day. Who are we? For this year. What are we doing? Are we just fumbling around? So it's not the exhortation. Just and you can take it with you. Live a marriage that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want to say this. Let's live a church life. That preaches the future marriage supper of the Lamb. When Christ comes for his bride. Will you join me in doing that this year? Will you join me in doing that this year? Are we going to live a church life this year that preaches that future marriage supper of the Lamb, inviting people to come in and inviting people into God's grace and his freedom and his healing and be the hands and feet of Jesus out in the workplace, out every day, being God's plan A in our world. Are we going to live that kind of church life Or are we going to do what my son, Zach, asked me on the phone a week ago when we were talking about where we're at as a church and we talked some on how his message went. He's very gracious. It's a dance to do sometimes when you have your own son on staff as a pastor. He refers to me as Pastor Kerry, but in that moment, Dad, are we just going to tread water this year as a church? Or are we going to do something different? That's a decision for all of us to make. But we'll tread water and we'll just continue to play church, if you will, unless we gain a deep conviction that we are to be the presence, the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And our church life, our community life, our life as the church out in the world is to reflect the future of God's grace and inviting others into the marriage supper of the Lamb to be the bride of Christ. Time doesn't afford but the parable of the marriage supper Jesus gave in Matthew 22 1-14 read it this week it was a story Jesus he was a master communicator he was a master communicator because he was pungent he was to the point he knew truth but he illustrated things so well, and, and he's talking to them about this story, this parable about people being invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and people not showing up, and then he's sending people back out to say, my house will be full, get my house filled with a banquet all filled with a guests. People that didn't get an invitation, maybe richly send out some more, some, save the dates, I don't know, go on the highways and the byways of life. Fill it up. We had 32 men here for breakfast yesterday, which was great. So grateful for the men that put that on and, and the speaker and that kind of thing. And and uh, yeah, sort of count of 32. That's nice. And then there's a homeless person that walked in off the street. We said, hey, there's still some food here. We had 33 then. Jesus has this story about his wedding banquet. It's going to be full. But I think it wasn't just a story to illustrate a point. I think it was almost like the vision John had. He was capturing something that he knew was going to be happening with the the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he was telling his early followers, the early church, live a church life that's reflective of the marriage supper of the Lamb and being the bride. And so they went that direction. And they started the church of Jesus Christ, after he ascended to the heavens. And 2,000 years later, we're sitting here in chairs, hopefully not just sitting, but going. Because Jesus taught, as he was leaving, go and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, every language, tribe, and nation. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, As you go, do this. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. That same Jesus that gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is the same Jesus that dwells inside of your physical body now through the power of his Holy Spirit, if you've invited him in. And that same Jesus wants you to walk out of the doors here, into this world this week, to be God's plan A, to be a disciple maker of other people. To be someone who is involved in building community with others and inviting people into the community, the church of Jesus Christ. Called to be on mission for us to be able to share the good news. Jesus also said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others as yourself. These are the top two of all the commandments and everything summed up in those two. That's the great commandment along with the great commission. And Jesus has told us and then he's empowered us through his presence to be himself with the world. Don't ever grow weary and tired of it. And I'm asking God, This year in 2023 that he's given me that he would not allow me to grow tired as a pastor. Yes, you grow weary in ministry, but I never grow weary of the ministry. Let's go back at it. Let's do it again this year. But, you know, I have concerns with our culture and America at large because there's a lot of negativity towards the church. The bride. And you see it around us. You see it by... A lack of attendance on a Sunday, a lack of people's engagement, a lot of skepticism, a lot of deconstructionism, whatever else is going on with some people. And, you know, it's nothing wrong in asking questions and getting a pure faith, getting to the heart of Jesus. But a lot of times it's just self-centeredness to live our lives indifferent to the priority of giving glory to the one who reigns forever in this life and then in the life to come. But can I say this to you? It's a pretty bold statement. You will never have a vibrant relationship with Jesus if you consistently claim you can't stand his bride. Do you have a close friendship with a person that hates your spouse or is indifferent to your spouse? No, it's pretty hard. The bride of Christ we need to love as we are a part of that bride. I came across this this week. I, I, I suppose it's a little bit of an allegory. It is an allegory, I guess, a pun uh, towards this whole thing of why people have problems with the church. You know, Maybe you're here checking out the church again. And you got burnt by the church. I'm with you. I've had hurt church hurt before, that kind of thing. The bride's not perfect, right? Until we see Jesus face to face. Here were 12 reasons Christians don't attend sporting events. You ready for this pun? The coach never came to visit me. Every time I went, they asked for money. The people sitting in my row didn't seem very friendly. The seats were very hard. The referees made a decision I didn't agree with. I was sitting with hypocrites. They only came to see what others were wearing. Some games went into overtime, and I was late getting home. The band played some songs I had never heard before. The games are scheduled on my only day to sleep in and run events or run errands. My parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. Since I read a book on sports, I feel that I know more than the coaches anyway. I don't want to take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sport they would like best. I thought it was an interesting way to look at some of the excuses that we give for not being involved with the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. I hope that you don't have many of those, and if you do, you can push through them and see the reason why you should be vitally connected to the body of Christ. You will never have a vibrant relationship, though, with Jesus this year if you can't constantly claim that you can't, consistently, if you consistently claim that you can't stand the bride of Christ. Let me just add a a few to flesh that thing out. You will never have a vibrant relationship with Jesus if you neglect spiritual growth as part of the body of Christ. You will never have a vibrant relationship with Jesus if you neglect relational connection with those who are part of the bride. And you will never have a vibrant relationship with Jesus if you neglect serving his kingdom purposes as part of the bride. And so with that, I want to challenge us before we have a few moments here with some very, very special people who are part of the bride. To have you take out this half sheet that was placed on your chairs or was in the seat back in front of you. A lot of times people say, is church membership really Necessary, important, and there's probably some pretty good reason to that. The reality is, this is not an institution, this is not a club. We are an organic movement, we are a body, we are a family, we are the bride of Christ. And when Jesus Christ comes for his church, he will come for his church universal, which is all people through all generations who have been followers of him. But in this chronological day that we live, God's universal church plays its way out in the local church. And I want to encourage you to consider being part of a member of a local church, this local church, the Awakening Church. First of the year, got a congregational meeting coming up in a couple weeks, but this isn't about gaining voting rights, although participating members of this church do vote for approving budget issues or approving who's on the governing board, those kinds of things. Uh, the, The idea of membership is really, to me, a defining moment for if you're a part of the bride or not. And we'll be a part. Of various local churches through the course of our life, even though we're a part of the one true universal church forever. But in this moment, I want to challenge you to consider living a church life in anticipation of that marriage supper of the Lamb and living a church life in 2023. Maybe you can't see beyond that, but for 2023. And can you say yes? this affirmation list of things and become a member of this church i'm going to read through it quickly you have it before you you can think about i'm glad to answer questions you can email me text me walk up to me whatever one of the other pastors as well but this membership covenant says this before god and our church before god in our church i commit to the following concerning the vision values and ministry of the awakening church We're asking you if you would join us in being the church, in being the bride of Christ. And there's three areas here that are mentioned. And these three are these. Disciple making, community building, and missional living. That's three. Three categories that you're going to make a commitment to. But then, to give some teeth to it, we list out these statements and it's not optional whether to check them or not and again this is our way of doing membership i don't have a big membership class we speech and we talk inspirationally on who the church is to be throughout the year but in this particular moment this particular week would you be willing to have your name signed to this affirmation and that these points of affirmation would be true of you concerning the vision values and the ministry of this local church as it reflects the true universal church to live a church life anticipation of that day i believe jesus died rose again and profess him as my savior and lord you can't be a part of a local church in one sense without being a part of the true universal church are you a follower of jesus check i affirm my faith in christ through the public declaration of baptism i've been baptized as as exhorted in scripture the great commission make disciples and baptize them and we'd like to have a baptism coming up so if you haven't been baptized and you don't need to have been baptized, but down below it says check yes to say I'll be baptized at the next baptism. But you're, you're willing to be baptized, but baptism identifies you with a community of people. As surely as when I stood before the bridegrooms this last couple weekends, they put wedding rings on, which was an outer sign of their inner covenant to one another. Baptism is a public sign of you being a follower of Jesus. if you've never done that, I would encourage you to do that. In fact, on the back of your connect cards is a place that says, I want to be baptized as well. And you can make mention of that. Take up the disciple making pathway to become more like Christ. Oh my, there's so much I can unpack. That pathway is placed below you. But it's been there and we referenced it at many times over the years. Because it's a journey becoming like Christ. I seek intimacy with Jesus through scripture, prayer and worship. You're saying, I'm going to take that initiative on. I I can't have a rich, vibrant relationship with Jesus if I'm neglecting spiritual growth in my own life. And then the fifth one under disciple making is, I accept responsibility for my own spiritual growth and formation. Don't rely on someone else or rely on your Bible study leader. You own it. You take it. Oh, I come Sunday. That's enough for me. I get fed a little bit. No, you own it. Accept responsibility for your own spiritual growth and formation as part of the body of Christ this year. Then the second category is community building. I honor God through both personal and weekly corporate worship. Yes, we are the church out in the world, but let's make a habit, a discipline. Can I say that? A discipline of being here every week. Oh, there's all kinds of things to do in Southern California and around. I wasn't feeling best this morning. Friends, I had to be awful close to death for my parents to let me stay at home from church on a Sunday morning. And that was a good discipline. It was good. The priority of weekly corporate worship. Number two there, I foster relationships of death by being involved in a life or a study group. Third, I support my church leadership, mission, values, and beliefs. If you want a statement of faith, you can find it on the church website, theawakening.church. And no, we're not perfect as leaders. Doesn't mean that you can't give pushback and thoughts. and that. But we're together rowing the boat. We're not rocking the boat. I protect church unity. Oh, this is so key in churches because this is where Satan likes to attack them. I protect church unity by resolving conflict and refusing to gossip. Go to Matthew 18. Great, great instructions for us to, to resolve conflict. And the fifth one under community building, I pursue generosity through regular giving and biblical stewardship. May I say this? I'm very grateful for how we finished out the year in giving, and many of you gave sacrificially in some ways, and you were consistent. This is a new year, and I want to challenge us to be faithful in the giving of our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. Tithe means 10%. It's like a huge thing for people. I think Pastor Trey mentioned it a couple weeks ago, you got a new year. Just be obedient. Be obedient. Just be obedient and see what God does, and he will open the floodgates of heaven, maybe not monetarily, but richness and depth personally and spiritually. Pursue generosity through regular giving and biblical stewardship every week, every month. And then there's the third category. You've got disciple-making, community-building, but then there's missional living, which is the third value, ministry value for us. And the bullet points here is, I seek to develop a servant's heart in helping others in need. It comes out of who we are. I share my life and faith with those who do not follow Jesus Christ. Bullet number two. Doesn't mean that you're gaudy and you're a big Bible thumper, but can you share your story with somebody who's having a difficult story in their own life? Say, this is what God's been doing in my life. What's your story? Here's my story. And then point, to, point that person to God's story. I participate on a ministry team and regularly serve my church. These band members up here week in and week out, they come so early. Children's workers, greeters, people that are leading groups. There's a lot of ways to be able to serve. Are you serving the church? Are you just a spectator and a consumer? I invite others to church and warmly engage with those who visit. And hopefully they will come and experience good community and be able to hear God's grace, His good news. And then the fifth point on living, missional living, is I labor to build the kingdom of God in my community and the world. It's just not here, but it's abroad as well. So those are 15 checkpoints on that list. Are you good with those? If you are, and you want to have some personal ownership of this local church for this year, this is everybody, even if you are already member. It's a affirmation covenant signing for the new year i want you to sign print your name we are people awakening people as mentioned for people to become fully alive in christ into his mission mark maybe the year you were baptized what group you're involved in what ministry team you're serving on And if those things can't be filled in, those blanks, that's all right. You can still be a member because you can come over here and say, if not, indicate your interest and check the yes boxes. And we will seek to get you enfolded in those ways. So that's where I land. We're now going to invite a family up that is exuded, loving the bride of Christ and serving God as a family and into the future. He's been a pastor here for a couple years, but I'm going to invite Pastor Oliver and Amy. And their three kids to come up. All of you come up. I know some of you are here today in particular for them. And as they come, I want to encourage you, as you fill out that membership thing, we will receive that in the closing song, Ties and Offerings, or you can put it in the baskets on your way out as a sign of your membership covenant. But there's mixed emotions here today. I want you to know Oliver and Amy and kids that we love you an awful, awful lot but I've not known you all that long. But the reason I love you so deeply and we love you so deeply is because we're family. Because we're a part of that bride of Christ. Oliver is uh, responding to a call in his life to be obedient to go missionally. And he is uh, moving his family to Colorado Springs. The moving truck comes tomorrow, right? Yes. And they'll be transitioning to a new day to work with ministry on a focus on the family some of you are familiar with that james dobson started it a number of years ago but oliver's been our children's ministry leader and oliver has uh, so faithfully led not only in that ministry but you guys have given love and life to this church and we're going to pray for you here in a little bit but uh if you have words to share friend i know you'll visit back again <laughs> i will but this is your family, even though you leave here. You can even now watch on live stream, as many do. Right? God has another local church for you to be a part of, I'm sure, in time. But we will always be your church family.
2: I just want to thank Jesus for the opportunity that he has given me and my family to serve in this church for the past couple of years. and. It's been such an amazing journey for all of us, especially coming after the COVID and the pandemic and the quarantine. And we pray for for a while for a church that can that can we we can become family and that we can that can embrace us and that we can be a a place where we can serve. And and we found it here at the Awakening. Uh, you were saying we did not we haven't known each other for too long, but I. Recall meeting you for the first time when you came here in the valley and I look at you from far away and I was like, who's that guy? <laughs> you know, we never really had the chance to interact, but it was interesting because 15 years ago, 17 years ago, someone told me that I, if I wanted to come with my family to serve in Murrieta at what used to be the chorus church and plant a Spanish-speaking church, but that was the time where we were planting a church in the city of Baldwin Park. But, you know, God has this amazing sense of humor Mm. where he brings things around in a full circle and he brought us here to the awakening in such an important time, especially a time of transition for us as well. I did not know last year that the Lord was going to move me and my family to Colorado Springs. I honestly thought I was going to stay here for a very long time. But... I am very, very excited about the opportunity. It is, it's, a, it's a mixed emotion. Uh, it's a bittersweet. We are sad, but at the same time we are very joyful and very happy about what is to come. And what I can see and what I can encourage everyone here is that when you serve the Lord faithfully, he will always bless you, and he will continue to provide for you, and he will guide you. So as, we were ta- as Pastor Kerry was talking today, uh, I just want to encourage you to get out of those seats, to get up and ask the Lord, where do you want me to go? And to say, like the prophets say, here I am, send me. You know, we have moved in different houses through the years. But one tradition that we have as a family is that we always put a Bible verse by the entrance of our house. And, you know, and that Bible verse is uh, that us as a family, will be serving the Lord. We will serve him. So I want to encourage you, too, that you will uh, serve the Lord with your family, that you will ask him to, what is it the <coughs> next thing that you want, what he wants you to do? And I just want to share a Bible verse that it was so encouraging this morning because as I opened the 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 Bible application to do my daily devotional today's uh, um, Bible verse was so on point like it's always (coughs) something and it was in Psalms 143 verse (coughs) 8 and it says like this let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I, have to put, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you, I entrust my life. Dear family, we love you. We promise to visit you. We uh, wanna let you know that uh, we will be so happy if you ever happen to come that way, Colorado <laughs> Springs. Please let us know. We would like to welcome you. We would like to show you around. Please continue to pray for all of us, for my wife, uh, for my kids, uh, for my mom who also is coming, for uh, my other family that is here. My son came here to church for the first time. My oldest son he's there. And my friends, people that uh, I love dearly. My sister is here with some former church members from Orchard's Plant in Baldwin Park years ago. And it's just families that we met here when we first moved to Murrieta and just people that we love. And. We're just so grateful, so uh, we just ask you to continue to pray for us in this new journey as we uh, continue to obey the Lord in what he has for us, and uh, and then, and then we, we will continue to pray for you as well, and we will keep you posted about what the Lord is doing and how the Lord is blessing us and using us and allowing us to continue to serve the bride and to continue to uh Uh, be part of the expansion of the kingdom until he comes or he calls us into his presence. So thank you Pastor Kerry. Thank you to all the pastors and the families. Thank you Pastor Trey for your support this past couple months. Uh, Zach everybody. We just love you all.
3: Thank you.
1: You need to give them a personal hug. We've actually brought a luncheon in today for us to have an extended reception. The weather's terrible, so just stay ahead okay? be able to greet them. But I want us to pray for them, and then we're going to close with a worship song. And I would like to invite up a couple uh, that has been a part of this church back before I came, when it used to be called Chorus Church. They were actually on staff, and they have agreed to come back and serve in an interim kind of capacity, but to oversee children's ministry for us. And I would like to welcome you, uh, have you welcome John and Sue Capellan. I'd like to take another 30 minutes to have you get to know (laughs) this couple, but I just asked John to come up and to be able to pray over uh, the Cardenas family. I know John and Oliver, you guys spent several hours together this week doing handoffs for children's ministry. Uh, John and Sue, dear, dear um, servants of Jesus, and I don't even know John all that deeply yet, but this man has a shepherd's heart, and so does Sue. And as I've gotten to know you a year and a half ago when we did some interview, that kind of thing, I, I'm so looking forward to this <laughs> journey ahead for these months and that you are willing to come and serve us as a church family and help lead. But... Um, John's got a lot of things uh, that are gifts to him, as well as Sue. Uh, You'll be able to learn those in the coming weeks. But John and Sue, would you just join with me and gather behind uh, the Cardenas family and lead us in a prayer of blessing over their life uh, before we close out with worship today?
3: Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you now and we thank you for the blessings. Just as we studied with the children right now, the taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, the friendships that we've made, the family that has been created is all because you are good. And it's going to be forever. Lord Jesus, thank you for Oliver and his family. Thank you for what they've invested in this place. Thank you for what they're taking from this place. And God, we pray that you would protect them, provide for them. God, make them fit in so well, so quickly that they will be amazed at how quick they acclimate. And, Lord Jesus, we pray that when we have those beautiful, balmy days, that he would think of us in the snowstorms in Colorado Springs. And he would remember with good memories the things that have happened here. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to invite the ushers to come to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings as well as your membership commitments and your uh, connect cards, and I think this is just a beautiful living illustration of what it means to be a part of the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, his church, and I just invite you to be a part of our family, even hang around afterwards with the reception, get a name tag if you don't have one, get to know some people. If you want to pray today during this song, our altars are always here to be able to Uh, come and personally pray, or there's a prayer area over here for you to gather with someone that would be more than glad to pray with you concerning a particular concern or need. But as the ushers come to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings, let's worship God in the beauty, in the beauty of being a part of the bride.